What's up, everybody? Oh, it's a glorious day. Today's the 26th of September for you. For me, it's the 19th. That's when I'm recording this. And uh, we switch things up. We move things around. Feels good. Still making some adjustments. I'm always going to be making adjustments. That's the way I am. When I used to live in... Uh, my uh when i used to live in venice with my buddy jordan we lived in this apartment and i would move furniture around all the time it's like the poor man's way of getting new stuff if you just rearrange your furniture you're like oh look do we have a new place i don't know it feels like we do i'm always moving stuff around until you get that perfect thing i'm always like if i had a boatload of money then i could just do things the way i want but i don't okay i don't so i have to do some things one way for a little while and then wait till a little bit of money comes in and then we move something else around. Like I just redid the kids, you know, office. They have an office. I like that my kids have an office. Let's get back to that. Uh, Jay Larson Comedy on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter. I don't, I don't know what, what do I have to do to make sure I'm on Facebook. I can't do it. I just can't do it. Can't we all just be like, hey, can we just do one thing? And maybe you guys are, and you're like, yeah, we do Facebook, dude. Or yeah, we do Twitter. I just, Instagram is where I live. Something about that instant gratification of just like putting it up. I can do it from my phone. It's easy. Twitter, too much pressure. Facebook, I get it. I'll get more active on Facebook. Um... And jlarsoncomedy.com, which I never update because I don't care. It's like, you're almost like, what's the point? Is anyone go to websites anymore? Like, well, let me check his website. I mean, when you're first finding out, but you guys know me. I mean, don't you know me? Um, yeah, that's it. Then some dates coming up. I've mentioned it before. Third week of uh, November, Laugh Boston. Go get tickets. Uh, Laugh Boston, you know, comedy club. And uh, the week before that, Hartford Funny Bone in Connecticut. So if you're in between, pick one and go. Buy tickets. Come out. Um, and then I'll be at Vermont Comedy Club in Burlington, Vermont. I'm doing all of New England, and I'll be there in uh, December, the 14th, 15th, 16th, I believe. So go get tickets to those, and then Portland, I'll be with you guys on New Year's Eve. I'm sure that's going to sell out because it's New Year's Eve. It doesn't have much to do with me. I'll tell you, in the world of social media where I just watch friends constantly selling out theaters and, like, some people, Madison Square Garden, you're just like, God, what am I doing wrong? You could think that. That's what you could think. But I thought about it this morning. I was listening to, like, uh, a musician that I like, which, by the way, this is my musician look, okay? If I had, if I was a singer-songwriter... This is how I'd be rocking it. And uh, you might be like, dude, the hat's a little much. I don't care. This is going to be the entire episode. I needed a new look for today, and this was it. Um, some of you might be like, dude, you look fresh, dude. I really like it. But you wouldn't say it in front of your friends. You know what I mean? You're like, I'm not really a hat guy. Well, deal with it. It's one week. Um, you know, you look at people that are, for me, peers, that are performing and blowing up and then or you looking at peers or people work or neighbors who have cars or like fancy cars or big homes or second homes or a home <clears throat> and i'm just like yeah i don't want that you know like i could be on the road all the time i don't want that last night my son so my son like doesn't want to like learn how to ride a doesn't want to learn how to ride a bike like he just doesn't he gets a little nervous he fell once 
And it's like, I'm not trying to turn him into this macho dude. Like, hey, bro, figure it out, bro. Figure it out. I don't care. I want my kids to be happy. Now, was I a kid that just like dove out there with sports and dove into things? Yeah, I was. That's what I did. That was me. Three years old, I had a baseball bat in my hand all the time. You knew who taught me how to ride a bike? Me. I remember it to this day. I was older. I wasn't young like his age. He's five. And I'm like trying to get him to learn how to ride a bike. He just does not want to. I was like seven. And I remember we had like a family bike. Did you guys ever have a family bike? They're like, all right, you know, this bike gets passed down. There was no one. No one had their own bikes. There was one bike. It was this blue bike. with It had white plastic handle grips. Okay. And the bike dipped. You might say it was a girl's bike if you uh, didn't know it was 2019 and you couldn't say that. Now, they always have it like, I don't know why, to be honest with you, they have the dip bike is for girls and the straight bar is for guys. It makes no sense. You would think for dude who's got to protect that gear they're holding down here that the straight bar would not be for them. And if you ever see a girl or a woman get off a bike when it's dipped down, they swing their legs over and it's so easy. My son, you know, we'll get back to the bike thing, but he scoots to school. We get him on a scooter. And then, like, we walk with him, and he'll stop at each street, right? But Kate was out of town this week, so it was just me, and I didn't want to, like, take my daughter, and then we walked down, we got to walk back. So I was like, oh, Kate, the other day when I took my son to school, she took my daughter for a bike ride on her bike with her in the back. I'm like, you know what? I'll ride mom's bike with your sister on the back. You scoot. We'll ride next to you. So I'll ride on the street. You ride on the sidewalk. And when it comes up to an intersection, I'll tell you if you can just go so he doesn't have to slow down. It was the best. We did it twice. And he crushed it. And he loved it. And he's like, I want to go on the bike. I'm like, all right, settle down. Um, but getting on and off her bike is, like, so easy and comfortable. And I'm like, why isn't all, you know, anyway. So the bike we had was set up like the girl's bike. But then it had this piece that you attached over. It matched the bike. It wasn't like just some odd piece. That made it look like a, a guy's bike. So boys rode it, girls rode it. It was like this weird unisex thing. It was like, you need to be a guy, right? <laughs> you need to be a guy. You can't be riding around with that dip down bar. It's like so crazy. But that's what we had. And I remember just like being in my driveway by myself, just like getting on it, Trying to, and it was way too big for me. Trying to pedal it, I'd fall down. I never really remember like falling and getting hurt, you know. But I would fall. The bike would fall, and I put my foot down or whatever, and I get back up. And then I would, you know, we had a tiny driveway with a tiny little hill. It was the driveway could fit like three cars behind each other to the main street. And I would start at the top and like get my momentum, and then try to turn to the front yard and keep going. Um. So what I'm saying is that was me, you know. That's not who he is. Or maybe he would be if I just left him alone and just left the bike out. But I don't think so. But what I'm trying to say is I'm not trying to change him to be like that. I'm just accepting who he is and being like, yeah, all right. Yeah, I'm going to push him a little bit on certain things. But I'm not forcing him to become someone else. I'm not going to let him think that there aren't going to be challenges in life. Because, you know, riding a bike for him and maybe most of us is tough at first. And then you get used to it. And then it's the best thing in the world. Anyway, 
I don't know where I was going to go with that. You know what's funny is I've been thinking about if I don't know if anyone out there is following this whole story with that kid that got hired on Saturday Night Live and then got fired within two days because he had made some racial slurs on uh, a podcast. And he says, oh, you know, I was pushing the boundaries of a joke. And uh, I just want to weigh in for a sec because I don't like this cancel culture and I don't like the super PC culture. But I got to tell you, I watched the video. There's no excuse to throw a racial slur out there that you're calling them one thing. That's not like saying it. He wasn't like overly sarcastic. Maybe he was being it and I'm missing it. Maybe I missed it. But like just me talking about the bike and adding the bar thing. Like if I'm talking sarcastically, I'd be like, you know, they used to have that bike. So, uh, you know, you don't want to go around there looking like a fag. Okay. So you put the bar across so you don't be a fag. That would be me talking sarcastically about, like, what that bike was. You know what I mean? Instead of just being like, who cares what the bike is? But we're all going to look at it. For some reason, we have to identify as that's a girl's bike, that's a boy's bike, whatever. All I know is that dude got a job and then came out that he had made these racial slurs. And he's saying that he was pushing it as a joke, but he wasn't pushing it as a joke. To me, it sounded like he was definitively saying this thing, and if he was, he just didn't do it in a jokingly enough manner. Or maybe it was such a great joke and so sarcastic that I completely missed it. Either way, I don't think the guy should lose his job over it. At the same time, you can't be saying those words, dude. You know what I mean? If you are, do it in a way that everyone's going to be like, oh yeah, he's clearly joking and he's taking a stance for those people instead of looking like the guy who's talking trash because it sounded like to me you were talking trash either way my lord i have friends you know i say friends all the time i i know people that are on snl we're not like dear friends and i know people and have friends that have gotten close to snl like being flown out there, you audition for Lauren Michaels. People that have like gone out, audition, come back, audition again. To get to that point, Norm MacDonald said it in a tweet, is so damn hard that I can't even imagine what that poor kid's going through. That he got all the way there and then it got taken away from him. And he says he like gets it and understands, and that's cool. But man, that is just gonna knock the wind out of you. Man, there's so much stuff going on in our world right now. Like, there is so much stuff that, like, you have to, like, think about. I don't know if anyone has seen that Sandy Hook video that the Sandy Hook parents made. Oh, my God. It's tough to watch. And then you think about parents of kids at Sandy Hook that lost parents or kids that are going through PTSD or kids that, like, are afraid to go anywhere because of what happened. And you're like, oh, yeah. I get why you made that video. And sometimes you got to make something so in your face that people are going to, you know, see it. Anyway, so many things. So many things. Um, anyway, I'm trying to teach my kid how to ride a bike. You know what I mean? I think this is a message regarding the show. Nope. Um, it's my favorite time. We just had our nine-year wedding anniversary. And it got me thinking, like, we never were, like, big anniversary celebrators. You know what I mean? We never, like, got, we weren't, like, Valentine's Day people. Anniversaries. When we didn't have kids, I think we maybe, like, no, we never really did celebrate anniversaries. Literally, 
we would be like looking at the calendar and like organizing our travel schedules and then be like uh blah 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 and then it would be our anniversary September 10th and then it would be like the 12th and be like oh yeah you know our anniversary was two days ago I'm like oh yeah and this was yet another anniversary where my wife was out of town she got home that night at like 11 of our anniversary and uh you know it's like I've always been on the fence with it I always say too I'm like listen after after 30 you're not celebrating your birthday every year okay and if you are I'm not going okay 30 then it's 35 40 45 50 right i mean if you want to do a little birthday and say like hey if you can make it cool but if you make it a birthday where like we feel like we need to go i'm like come on dude but then thinking about this anniversary i was like it's one day a year that you get to celebrate yourself what's your deal jay why are you gonna be like no you can't have a birthday you know what if you want to have a birthday have a goddamn birthday i'm probably not gonna be you know what I mean? I might pick a couple people like, hey, you know, we're going to go. You want to go to dinner for my birthday? I'd like to celebrate it. Or like grab a friend and take that day and like say to one friend, you want to get coffee on Thursday? Yeah, that's my birthday. I thought it'd be cool if you and I caught up. Sure. All right. I got to be out by 10, though, because I'm golfing with another friend that I like to celebrate my birthday. Maybe three guys on my birthday. Maybe they'll pick up the round. You know what I mean? And then that night, maybe go to dinner and get a sitter and go out with my wife and maybe a couple friends. I don't know. Something like that. But I'm not throwing parties. 45th? Yes, I will throw a party for sure. And then maybe as you get older, every year you throw on because you're like, how long am I going to be around? You know what I mean? But we didn't celebrate our anniversary and we never really go nuts on Valentine's Day. And I just sit on the fence because here's my problem. I can see either side of the coin. You're like one side. I look at it. I'm like, what's the point, dude? You're 44 this year. What are you going to say? Come on, celebrate me. No. And it's like I have this like we have such a weird group of friends. Not weird as in people, but weird as like friends that are my wife's friends, friends that are mine. We have a group. I have comedy friends. She has work friends. It's it's not like when I grew up or like, you know, it's just like a weird. T- we live in such like a big, weird, eclectic town that everyone's in different groups, you know. So it's not like you just say, oh, it's Jay's birthday, and then everyone's like going to get together. It's like, I don't know. who's You have too many different people to outreach to. And we don't live around family where they'd be like, oh, let's have dinner at my mom's house. That would be like what it would be if I lived at home. We'd just be having dinner at my mom's house, which would be rad. But we don't have that. But I think it's good to celebrate things. Like the fall is coming, dude. If you aren't stoked about the fall coming... Stop stop being a participant in this podcast because fall, oh, I can't wait. I can't wait. I get up early to have coffee out front just because it's cool. You know what I mean? Temp-wise. I can't wait for the day to be cool. God, I, I'll tell you guys, the more and more I don't work, the more and more I don't ever want to work. There's some things cooking, but I would much rather get up, have a cup of coffee, hang with the kids, get them to school, I've been taking my son early from school. I'm trying to get him out of this aftercare program because I want to spend more time with him because I'm like, you know, you're not even raising him. We all are like working. We spend so much time working for money that we're not getting enough time to like be with our kids or to like be with ourselves or be with our spouses. And I'm like, man, I got to find a way to make enough money that more time out of the year I'm able to be with my kids after school than not. 
You know what I mean? Like ideal world, I make enough money, wife doesn't have to work, so then the kids don't have to go to an aftercare program till 6 o'clock at night, you know? And then when I'm not working, I can do it or we go travel. That's the world I want, you know? I keep thinking, I'm like, that's the world I want. I don't have it and I want it. So how do I get it? I don't know. I'm going to have to work harder. And then I'm like, yeah, but I don't want to work. Well, well, maybe you need to figure that out a little. Um, There's a couple things cooking. And when one of them pops, then it'll be that time to make that move. You know, it's like simple things. My buddy hits me up the other day, goes, full moon on Saturday night. These are the things I never take into account. You know how, like, holidays come up? Like, uh, you know, like when there's, like, a Monday holiday and you don't know about it. I'm the guy who never knows about it. I'm like, oh, wait, there's a Monday holiday? And they're like, yeah, man, Labor Day. I'm like, oh, I don't even know which one's which. Memorial Labor. Labor's later because you can't wear white, right? Okay. Raised by a woman. Who knows that? Me. But, like, my buddy the other day is like, hey, man, full moon on Saturday. Do you want to go for a kayak, full moon kayak? And I was like, hell, yeah, I want to go for a full moon kayak. Who doesn't want to go for a full moon kayak? So we go down there around. I go to his house, 730, get to the marina by, like, 815 because we hung out for a little bit. Got the boats in the water. Yeah, they're boats. And then we started kayaking around the marina. We didn't go out into the ocean. We just kayaked around the marina. It's a big marina. And looking at, like, all these giant, like, million-dollar boats. Giant. There were some boats you just looked at, and you're like, there's a staff of 32 people on that boat. I mean, there's not, you know, there's maybe five. There's, like, one boat in the marina that everyone's like, yeah, that dude's the richest guy in the marina. Or that chick. You know what I mean? Then there's other everyone else. You know, there was like tears. There's like the guy or the gal. Then there's a group of like maybe 25 that are like, yeah, they're millionaires. They can go on that boat and feel cool. You know what I mean? They could go on the, the number one dude's boat. That's how like finances work I for me. You're like, yeah, I got a boat, but you're still going to go on that boat and be like, holy shit. But that next round, they're like, yeah, okay, I get what this guy's all about. We can We can hang together. Then there was the next tier down of like maybe, you know, 400 boats. We had we saw so many people just chilling on boats, having dinner parties. It's so quiet. You know, I'm just looking. We're like kayaking around looking at this other lifestyle of people. When people were showing a movie, they had like a screen out. They just dropped a sheet and had a projector. But I was like, oh, yeah, these people get it. You know, like I used to I used to be fascinated when I would drive at like nine o'clock on a Friday or Saturday going somewhere going to a show or going out and seeing like in a hair salon one woman cutting another woman's hair guy cutting a woman you know just someone getting a haircut and I always think to myself I'm like that person gets it they're in no rush this is when they're gonna get their haircut I used to always think I'm like I wonder if that hairdresser like works there or owns it and does their friend a favor you know whatever it was but I was always like always impressed with the fact that they didn't need to be out because I was always a like fear of missing out guy I since I was like I remember as a kid I would get to school early hang out with people hang out during the day I would never do work study hall I'd go find someone hang out after school I did a sport or I'd go hang out with my girl or friends. I'd get home, hang out, 
parent family would get home, hang out. Then I get on the phone until people had to go to bed, and then I call the next person. I would be on the phone till eleven thirty at night with whoever could talk, whoever's parents would allow them to talk. That's who I. I was always, and then at eleven thirty, I would either do my homework or I would, you know, stay up and just I don't know what I would do. But you know. That's the way I was even into my 20s uh, and 30s and 40s. I'll be honest with you. It wasn't until about the last nine months of my life where I was like, oh, I don't care what's going on anywhere else in the world. You know, like I used to be so concerned. I'm like, man, I don't have shows. What am I doing? But, you know, my wife travels and I'm like, what am I going to do? Get a babysitter two nights of the week while she's gone for three? I'm like, no, I don't. I don't. I want I love doing shows and I love performing but at the same time I'm like I love being a dad so that means I get to be home I get to put him to bed I love the other night I'm putting him to bed and we're reading this book so they have bunk beds and now I just gave them lights I put little lights with dimmers on them so they each have a light in their bed and then before bed after we read books they can you know play in their bed for two minutes and then we turn the lights out but now that they have their lights, they want to lay in their beds while I read. So I sit in the chair and I read and I hold the book up to them like I'm a, like a kindergarten teacher. And we're reading this book about this girl who doesn't give up. She was like wants to be an engineer and she doesn't give up. It's not, it's not a biography. It's just like this kid's story about this girl, like Rachel Revere or something like that. And she wants to be an engineer. And she never gives up. And my son is like staring off and he goes, Dad... Yeah. He goes, I never want to stop practicing riding a bike. And I was like, all right, buddy. I love that. That's great. You know, we're always going to have to practice stuff. That's how you get better at it. And I was sitting there like, you know, and then like we kept reading and I thought it was so cool. And it's like he has his moment. He shares it with us and his sister hears it and she's looking at me and they can't see each other in, in different bunks. And they're bunks, by the way. Like, I'm going to get in my bunk, my daughter will say. And I'm like, oh, they have their own little bunks. Anyway, afterwards, I go to, like, they go to bed, and I'm, like, cleaning up a little, and I'm getting out my computer to do some work. And I'm like, man, if I was at a show tonight, I never would have had that moment with him where he's telling me he wants to practice. And not just that he's telling me he wants to practice. He's telling me because he's hearing the book and he's, he's like, associating with riding a bike. And I was like, oh, man, that's just, like, way more important to me than anything else. Then comes the, the problem, which is you need to work to make money. And if you're – you have to find the balance where you can be able to have those moments. And, listen, if you're out there and you don't have kids, one, don't have kids. Do not have kids. And I'll tell you why in a second. But two, if you do have kids, you get what I'm saying. If you don't have kids, and it's not even a consideration right now, what I'm saying is like find the moments in life that make you happy and do those things and not worry about everything else. Because for me, you know, we live in, you know, we're, we're capitalists in the United States and we there's no concern for whether or not you connect with your kid. No one cares if you're connecting with your kid. No one's going to give you time off like, oh, you need to connect with your children. No one cares. It's going to be, you got to work. We need you to work. You're going to get paid this much because the company needs to make more and more and more, and they're just going to keep driving you. So, like, if you want to make more money, you're going to have to work more, which means all that money you're making to spend more time with your kids, you're not going to even have that time for your kids. So I'm just kind of like, well, for now, this is just more important. Um, 
the irony is the next day we went to practice riding the bike and he was like, nah, I don't want to ride a bike. And he got upset. And I'm like, well, you know what? This is where you're going to get pushed a little, bro. I don't push this much. This is where you're getting pushed. I don't know how I got back to this, guys. I'm just on it. Anyway, something I'm focusing on for the rest of the year, and I'm just sharing this with you guys, is figuring out exactly what I want my life to be time-wise, how much time I want to put into career, how much time I want to be with family. And then the goal for the rest of the year is to be preparing my life so that next year that stuff is starting to take hold. You know, I feel like you need three months of putting effort until you start seeing results. It might take longer than that. But the last year with the booze and all that stuff, as I started to like shape the world that I wanted to live in, it took a while, but it all started coming around. And that's why I say part of the last nine months, I'm like, oh, yeah, I don't. I mean, what is this, a therapy session, guys? Anyway, um, that's what has helped me, and that's what I'm going to do for the next three months. And I'm stoked about it. I'm going to have a whole new thing in here. It's going to be a whole new setup, and it's going to be permanent. And then I'm going to get that career positioning of my career so that I can do just as much stand-up as I want and just as much writing as I want and acting as I want and be able to have as much time with my kids and plan adventures because you know what? We're not planning many adventures, man. I need a camper, okay? We need to be camping, okay? You see Natasha Leggero and Moshe Kasher? They're out there camping. Why? Because they're more successful than me, okay? <laughs> they're more successful. Now, are they funnier? Probably not. Probably not. Actually, if you guys have ever seen Moshe live... He is so damn quick. It's unbelievable. And smart. The two of them are so smart. Natasha has dialed in. If you guys don't know Moshe Cash and Natasha Legera, go check them out because they're awesome. But Natasha has like so dialed into what her character is on stage. All of her jokes fit it. And that's who she is. In oh, I love those two. Midnight Kayak. It wasn't a midnight kayak. It was a full moon kayak, Jay. But I keep associating with midnight. Anyway, we go out there. We're on the water. Now, let me ask you guys a question. Whether you kayak or not, do you think you need lights on your kayak? Because you do. How do I know? Because the police pulled us over. I got pulled over in a kayak, dude. It was hilarious. They're like, uh, you guys got lights? And it was like a passive-aggressive way to be like, dude, no, we don't have, you don't, You see we don't have lights, dude. Anyways, like, yeah, take those boats back. You got to get back to your dock. You got to get back to your slip. And we're like, all right. Guess what? We didn't. It's a big marina. We just ducked into like, um, I don't know, a finglet, a, a, an inlet, whatever those each little area off the main cause. I don't know the terms for marina, guys. Anyway, we're kayaking around looking at all these boats and I'm on the inside. My buddy Keith, he's outside of me in the channel or whatever it is and I'm going next to the boats and I'm telling them a story kayaking back forth all of a sudden out of nowhere here arr, 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 and there was a seal sitting on the end of this dock huge I mean we we saw them on the way back we know that there are seals out there but it, like it totally caught me off guard and I he says I didn't say anything but I think I screamed and I was like Yes, it scared me because it came out of nowhere. Two, you look at the size of the thing, and seals, they look like they're just these blobs that sit on the end of a dock like you see them in San Francisco out at Pier 59 or whatever. And here they are. 
And you're just like, oh, yeah, that thing's not going to do it. But when it's that close to you, it was like six feet away and huge, probably like 10 times the size of No, that's an exaggeration. Five times, five times the size of me. And it's a mammal. It's not a dog. Never, you've never talked to a seal. Never pet a seal. I don't know what he can do. I don't know what they eat. You know, if he just flopped in the water, I definitely would have spilled. I definitely would have fallen out of that kayak. He was just mass alone. He would, you know, maybe not, but I think so. And guess what? Not a huge fan of being in an ocean. I have used to go night swimming all the time with my buddy Ethan. When we lived down in Venice, we would go night swimming. If you've ever gone night swimming, it's awesome. Especially when you're younger, like in your 20s, when you just don't think of anything. And we go out there, smoke a little chiba. And then we go out there, ride the waves. It was the best. I took my boy Sickle Cell, Ryan Sickler. I took him night swimming maybe like, God, I don't know, four years ago, maybe five years ago. And he was like really scared. <laughs> he got scared a couple times. Old Sickle got scared out there. You know what I mean? But who doesn't? It's the night, okay? He claims something nipped at him. Nothing nipped at him. But there are grunions, these little fish, and they'll bang off your your leg once in a while, and it'll freak you out. But if a seal goes in the water and I tip, now my legs are hanging down. And I know it's not a great white, okay? I know a great white's not going to rip me down into the water, but I don't care who you are. If there's a giant seal that just went in the water and now you're in the water... It's just going to, especially in the dark, you know, at nighttime on a full moon, there's just something. There are little things in life that are a little scary. Full moon makes everything a little scary. Marina, there's something a little weird about marinas. The people living there are a little weird. They're living on boats. You know, I don't know. There's just something a little scary. Even if you're docked. You tell me you wouldn't get a little freaked out if your boat started sinking and you were docked? I think you would. Because you're still going to be like, what if I get trapped in this room? What if I drowned in this room on this boat? Even though the dock is right next to you. I don't know. <sighs> little things. Alleys. I love alleys. Daytime alleys, the best. Daytime alleys, the best. For our anniversary, which I said I don't really celebrate. Like I get flowers for the house all the time. I would say 50% of the time throughout the year, there are flowers in our house. And like what we'll do is we'll buy a bunch at the farmer's market or a bunch at like the grocery store. And then we'll put some on the dining room table, a little tiny vase in the kids' room, one in our room. It used to be a little tiny vase in the bathroom, and that would be it. So I went to a florist for our anniversary and got like a giant... I'm like, I just went in. I'm like, I want to spend 100 bucks on flowers. The guy was like, do you want to pick them out? I'm like, yeah, let's go in the walk-in. I had the kids in the car, so I had to go quick. And I'm like, yeah, let's go in there. And I'm like, I want some of these, 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 these. Portion them out. Use your judgment. And then, you know, it's going to be $100 worth. So it was enough for a bouquet on the dining room table, a bouquet, small one, on the, the we have like a little table when you walk in, like a standing table, like, you know, something like this, but a little different than some flowers on the mantle little flowers in the kids room our room bathroom bathroom is a nice one and people might be like 
Excuse me. Why are you putting flowers in the bathroom, dude? Why am I putting flowers in the bathroom? When do you want to smell beautiful and look at beautiful flowers? Everywhere you go. If you're buying flowers for the house and then you're just putting them in one bouquet, what's that for? Have a little everywhere. So when you sit, you're like looking at colors. You're smelling things. You know, it's just simple stuff. I love doing that. I love having flowers in the house. I love having candles lit during the day. I like to do weird. I do light night things during the day and day things at night. Does that sound right? Maybe. Like kayaking, that's a daytime thing. You're not kayaking at night. We did. And then a seal freaked me out. You usually swim during the day. I've said it before. Ice cream cones are usually an evening thing. That's why I like having one during the day. It's like a little off. I take pleasure in simple, simple things. These are some of them. We all need to find, uh, you know, little simple pleasures. <sighs> That's why the fall coming up. I got to find a place to apple pick. If you anyone lives in and around L.A. and you know some good places to go apple picking, please tell me. I make a list of, like, things I want to talk about to you guys, so I'm going to check them right now. <coughs> okay. If you follow me on Instagram, you saw that we are... I got that. Man, I've already talked about a lot of it. <laughs> Guys, are we? Let me check what time it is. Perfect. What was the thing I just looked up? Tipping. This is what we're talking about. When to tip, when not to tip. Here's the deal. If you have money, you should tip all the time. Nothing is better than, I just said, it's, I love doing day activities at night and night activities during the day. Yeah, the best. I also like tipping when you're when people aren't tipping. Now, am I rolling? No. Do I? I don't even own a home. You know why I don't own a home? Because I tip when you're not supposed to tip, probably. But in my car, there's a little like there's like a little next to the steering wheel. There's this like little uh, compartment, right? And I think it's for like the valet key. Like that's where the valet key would go. But I use it to keep like some cash. There's nothing better to me. My sister Courtney always has a $20 bill hidden in her wallet. I mean, she hid it, so it's not really hidden, but she has it there for like when you don't have cash. Like, oh, I know I have that 20. And she used to always tell me, I don't know if she told me like I should do that or I just remember one time she like gave me a 20 out of there. I can't remember what it was. But now I use that little valet area to always make sure I have cash because at the comedy store when you – the comedy store, younger comics, newer comics, they work the door, they work the phones, and there's a guy who works the lot. Now, in L.A., the only club that has their lot that's just for comics that you don't have to, like, worry about, the improv has one, too, but it's not like at the comedy store. The comedy store is right behind the club. You park, you walk into the club. No one else can park back there, and there's a younger guy who works the lot and you pull up and they'll move your car and park it because they have it organized and they do like this. I mean, it's, it's gotta be one of the most stressful things, especially nowadays because you got a lot of comics are crushing right now. So there's dudes back there with Ferraris, Lamborghinis, Porsches, and you're just like, I would not want to be doing that. And it's tight. You got to like move everything around. When I first got past at the comedy store, I was leaving it was like my third or fourth night, and I scraped someone's car. And I was like, dude. And, of course, I had a car that was a piece of, 
you know, junk. And this guy's was too. And he was super cool. But I was like, nah, this is nothing. I was like, oh, thank you. Shout out to Skippy Skyman. And uh, so anyway, now I keep, I always try to make sure, like, if I, like, am looking at my wallet when I'm in my car and I have singles or fives, I just shove them in there so that, like, I always tip the lot guy five bucks. It's five bucks. It's nothing. That's nothing. It's not like a, a make or break in his day. But if like 10 or 15 comics a night throw two to five bucks at that guy, he can make an extra hundred bucks just back there working the lot. Now, I'm not, I'm not tipping the door guy. I'm not tipping anyone else. But I'm like, whoever works the lot, when I go in and do a show, they know they're getting five bucks from me. So what else happens? They usually put my car in an easy place for me to get out. It's not a pain in the ass. Not like it ever really is because you just go out and like, yeah, I'm taking off and they move cars and they get your car. But they usually put mine in a good spot. And you know what it does for me? It makes me feel good to give someone five bucks. They, it's nothing. But it could be a bag of chips and a soda. It could be they had 10 bucks and they needed 15. I remember when I was young at comedy five bucks here or there was everything it was everything so anyway i love doing it because they're like you know it adds up for people and like sometimes like i was telling my son the other day he was he's like always like pointing guns at people and i'm like cut it out and then finally i had enough of it when my friend was over who lives next door and i was like that's it with the guns go to bed we're going to bed done and he got really upset and i was like well people don't like you pointing guns in their face dude and he's like, well, I don't want to be mad at me. I'm like, well, let's go next door and apologize. And we walked, and he, he was pointing at it, the, my friend's dog, too. I'm like, you got to apologize to the dog, too, bro. And he's like, but how's the dog going to understand? I'm like, don't worry. Trust me, the dog will think it's nice that you're petting it and saying sorry. And he went over, did it, and when we came back, I said, hey, bud, you know, one, I really think it's great that you apologize. And two, I want you to know that when we're apologizing to people, Yes, it's for them to tell them that you're sorry because you did something that wasn't kind or nice. But at the same time, it, it's really good for you as well because it, it shows that you're willing to admit that you did something wrong. And it shows that you're willing enough to share that and express it. And it makes you stronger as a person and as a, as a human. And uh, I think it's the same with tipping. You know, yeah, you're giving the money to them, but it's, it's making you feel good too. You're like, oh, I, I did something nice for someone. So the other day I was at Home Depot, the depot, and I was getting some wood to build something. And I sold my table saw because I'm like, why am I taking up all this room in my garage when I want to have some room to put in a little, <laughs> an amazing studio, which this is. And I'm not going to have any, this piece of junk, I paid, I think, $75 for this table saw on Craigslist probably nine years ago. I've gotten the worth out of it. I need to get a new one when I'm ready. I, I don't need I'm not building every day that I need a table saw. Like for this simple thing that I want to build, I'm like, well, I just go to the depot, grab a sheet of like ply and have them cut it to the pieces I need. And any other cuts I can do with the hands, like a you know, circular saw. Whatever it is. And uh so I go and I go to this guy. Now this guy's kind of giving me a little attitude when I see him. He's like, give me attitude. I'm like, all right, well, maybe he's just having a bad day. I don't take it personally. I used to take that personally all the time. I used to take things personally all the time. I don't anymore. The last nine months, it's changed. I don't know what it is. I think it's a lot of things. But anyway, 
it's good for me because I've always done it and I'm finally glad that I don't take it personal. And sometimes you just got to like let things play out. You know, like I used to always be like, oh, I react to everything immediately. I'm like, no, let's let this play out. So he's kind of rude to me. That's fine. I just forget it and I just go about my business. He leaves and then he's back in that area because, you know, like at the Home Depot, you're like in a section when you're working there. You're either in electrical or whatever. This guy's in lumber. Lumbar guy. <clears throat> he comes back. He's like, you need help with anything? Like, now he's being a little nicer. And I'm like, uh, yeah, I think I'm just going to get one of these. And he's like, well, you got a cart? I'm like, no, nah, I'm just going to walk it over. He's like, that's a heavy piece of wood. I'm like, yeah, I know. I'm like, I got to get some cuts, though. And I hadn't gotten the big thing. You know, like, they have those carts you can just, like, stack with wood. I'm like, I'm getting one piece of wood. I'll just carry it down there, get it cut, and then I'll put it in. I had a carriage because I was also getting... um what you don't care so we're walking then he's helped me carry the wood right so we're walking together and i go how's your day going man and he's like not good man bird shit on me you know this bird up here <laughs> i got pooped on dude he doesn't work outside there's that's enough you know if we're talking about the you know juxtaposition if that's the right use of the word of doing stuff at daytime or nighttime or you know tipping when you're not supposed to you're not supposed to get shit on by a bird when you're inside okay so i imagine it changes things when it does happen now no one wants to get pooped on by a bird anyway but when you're inside it probably like elevates things now i think we're kind of at a point in life where it's like you just can't control things certain things you're not going to be able to control a bird pooped on you you just got to move on this guy wasn't stoked about it and maybe he just needed to talk about it. Maybe he hadn't told anyone yet. Now he's telling me. And I think it's kind of funny. I'm like, and I had seen that bird earlier, like in like aisle over by lamps. I was trying to get a lamp kit to rewire a lamp is what I was doing over there. And so I f saw this bird. I'm like, oh, that's the bird that got him. You know what I mean? Because I remember seeing that bird and I followed him around for a while. And I was like, man, what's this bird all about? Like, what are you doing in here? You can't find a way out? Like, you ever see a bird at an airport and people lose their minds over it? They go nuts. Everyone's, like, filming it, like, filming the bird. Like, look at the bird. I remember one time all these people were on a bird in an airport. And I and I came up. I'm like, hey, what's going on? And they're like, oh, there's a bird in the airport. Everyone's all excited. I'm like, oh, really? Is it playing a piano? What is the big deal? Why is everyone flipping out over bird gets in the airport once in a while? Home Depot, it's a big place. A bird's going to hop in there once in a while. Anyway, we go. We cut this wood. Now, I think you can only get up to four cuts free on a piece of wood at Home Depot. Well, I got about seven. Seven cuts. It was seven or eight cuts guy was like now when you get up there don't tell them you got all these cuts you just give them the thing because then they're gonna charge you for the extra cuts and i was like oh thanks man we're hanging out now i've tried to tip these guys before at home depot and they've told me like nah i can't take that and i'm like really and they're like yeah we can get in trouble they got cameras everywhere and i'm like oh all right you know because i love tipping i tried to tip the other day where was i was i at the airport i was at the airport and they don't have tip jars out there. Wherever I was, they didn't have a tip jar out. And I'm like, hey, can I, you got a tip jar? And they're like, no, we can't accept tips. And there have been times that's happened. I'm like, ah, just, let's just say I forgot this. Oh, you know what it was? They have, at the grocery store, they have a Starbucks counter, which, by the way, is the best. It's the best. I'm not a Starbucks guy, but I love the idea that you can go to a grocery store and be like, you know what? Before I peruse, 
me grab a coffee real quick. Um, so I was like, well, I'm, I'm going to tip this guy because he's already got shit on today. He's obviously not in a great mood. So I took a $5 bill. Anyone loves a five. Now, if I was loaded, would I be doing 20s? I would 100% be doing 20s. My buddy, uh, not really a buddy. I never see him anymore. I still love him. But uh, he used to tell me Bernie Brillstein, who was a big manager in L.A., he's one of the first comedy managers, and like defined what it was to manage comedians in this business. And so many people have like just – he has paved the way for so many people. He was a guy that used to say um, – Bernie Brillstein, he first rep- represented Jim Henson, was one of his first clients. Lauren Michaels, like SNL, all the pe- he 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 was definitely a uh, trailblazer. If you love talking like an eighty-five-year-old person, which I do, and uh, his whole thing was like, I'm never going to sign a contract. It's going to be a handshake deal when I'm a manager, and so that's what he do. Anyway, he used to manage my friend later in his career. You know, and he would, my buddy would go to dinner with him and he would, he told me like that guy, he'd walk into the host, hundred dollar bill. He would sit at the table and, you know, normally when you sit at a table, it would be like a, uh, a buster will come over and pour waters, hundred dollar bill waiter, hundred, everyone would get a hundred. I mean, this is a place he would go all the time. You think I would love to be able to do that? Yeah. I just like to be elevated to twenty dollars status. You know what I mean? I could swing ten if I wanted, but I'm not at that. You know, I'm just throwing money away, and I'm not tipping everybody. But this Home Depot guy folded up in a square, put it in my hand. I go, "Hey man, thanks for the cut." And then I shook his hand, and he's like, "Oh man, thank you." And then he was like stoked to change his whole perspective, and it felt great for me. Now I have friends, okay, that will be nameless. It's not like they're watching this or listening. But like when we go out to dinner, if the service isn't great, they're like, well, I'm not, we're not tipping 20%. And I'm like, yeah, we are. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, what are you talking about? I remember we went out for like a Christmas dinner. There's this old restaurant in LA. It's called Musso and Frank's. And our friends had introduced us to it. And it's kind of one of those places that has like red leather booths and like the crystal chandeliers. And the the waiters are all in white jackets. It's a steakhouse. And it's up on Hollywood Boulevard where it's kind of like tourist central. But back in the day, Musso and Frank's, that's where like Hollywood celebs went. It's got a beautiful oak bar. It's just awesome, right? And like you get great steaks, great seafood. It's still great. And we would go up there for Christmas dinner. We did it like three years in a row. And, you know, it's Christmas time, okay? They're busy. You know, one time a drink came late. Another time they messed up a drink. One time we had to wait for an appetizer. Whatever it was. Who gives a fuck? Okay? How about you sit and enjoy your company and you stop taking notes and counting what is someone's messing up. You're not tipping any less because an appetizer came late. You're not tipping any less because they messed up your drink. You're not tipping any less. Stop it, okay, everyone? Stop it. You're tipping 20% no matter what. If you love them, tip more than that. If they're an absolute... Now, if they're rude to you and they're a dick and they say something obnoxious, then you leave, okay? You don't finish the meal and then shortchange them, okay? Get over it. So we had had some subpar service. 
And it wasn't subpar service. Service is them coming to you, interacting with you. Now, if they get a drink wrong, that's not their service. They're busy. They're juggling a lot of things. If an a- they, they miss an appetite, who cares? We have 12 of our friends there. We're all chatting and hanging out. Worst case scenario, sip some of your friend's drink. Have a piece of bread. Have someone else's appetizer. Who gives a fuck? You're at dinner to celebrate Christmas. You don't need to get upset. What are you, three? Anyway, that's what happened. Bill comes. We're splitting, which is another reason I'd love to be rich. I don't want to be rich because of what comes along with it, but I'd love to have a lot of money just so I could go out to dinners like this and be like, I got this. You know what I mean? If you're one of those people that has that money, try it on for size. I remember being in an ice cream parlor in um, God, Savannah, Georgia for my buddy Coonsie's wedding. What's up, K-Man? And his buddy does well. And we walk into an ice cream shop. It's like, I think it's like two days before the wedding. Not the rehearsal dinner, two days before. And we all went out to dinner, and then we went out to this ice cream shop. And there's families in there, and his buddy's dressed always in a suit, nice big fat tie. And he sits down next to this kid, and he's like, what are you drinking? He's like, crosses his legs like this in a blue navy suit. This And this kid's sitting with his dad. And the dad's maybe like, who's this guy? He stands up, and he goes, I got everyone's ice cream in the place. Bought everyone's ice cream in the whole place. How much do you think that cost him? How much? Let's, let's just say it's $5 a cone. Okay. Now there are pricey places in LA for a small seven dollars a cone, which is obnoxious. Is it fantastic? Yeah, but it's obnoxious. When you can go to McDonald's and get an ice cream cone for eighty nine cents, you can get an eighty nine cent ice cream cone at McDonald's. Say what you will about the tenements of National Socialism, at least it's an ethos. That's a line from Big Lebowski. No, but say what you will about McDonald's. You go through the drive through and you grab change out of your car and you can get an ice cream cone. That's amazing. $7 cones, yeah, it's still the experience. You're waiting in line. You talk, whatever. So even even at $7 a head, if there's 15 people in there, that's $105, $20 tip, $125. If you're loaded, what does that mean to you? Nothing. 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 $125. Heck, if you just went in there on a on a Wednesday night with your with your your family and you're just like, you know what? I'm going to buy everyone's ice cream in here because I can. You, Everyone there is going to not just, they're not just going to enjoy their ice cream. They're not just going to be like, wow, what a nice gesture. They're going to talk differently for the rest of the night. They're going to interact differently with people two days later. And guess what? They're going to be doing a podcast nine years later talking about the night that the guy bought everyone ice cream. Baller. So we're at Musso and Frank's Christmas dinner. Some of our friends had not been so stoked about the service, and we split the check. You know, everyone's splitting the check. We get the check. My buddy looks at me. He's like, how much are you tipping? And I go, 20%, just like you're tipping. And he has a conversation with his wife, and she's pressing him to not tip 20%. And I'm like, what are you doing? I'm like, we're all tipping 20%. That's what we're doing. But she has this principle thing of like, nah, I don't tip 20% if I don't like the service. And I'm just like, for what? What do you think? You're proving a point? You're going to be the, you think they're going to, 
go to the guy at the bar and be like, hey, you know how you fucked up that drink because you were making drinks for the entire bar and the entire restaurant and one drink got messed up? You cost me 5%. Change your work ethic. The guy's still working hard. He just makes mistakes. You think they're going to go to the kitchen and be like, hey, you know how you were supposed to uh, put butter on that asparagus and you forgot you cost? No, none of that's going to happen. Your, your lack of 5%. Okay, and let's say that meal was $200 a couple because it probably was. Everybody was boozing. So you're cutting out 10, 20% would be $40 tip. <laughs> Look at how, how hard this is going to be. 10% would be $20. 5% is what, 5 bucks? Yeah? Yeah, 5 bucks. So you're cutting out 10 Oh, man. I can't do it. Five bucks you're you're cutting out. Ten percent would be twenty. Five percent would be ten. So you're cutting out ten dollars from that person on that table. Divided by everyone, that's not going to affect them. Okay. You think your spiteful thing. When they look and everyone gave twenty percent, they're going to be stoked. When they see that one fifteen percent, they're going to be like, "Why did that happen?" Or God forbid, people that are tipping ten percent or no tip. Trust me, I've been no tipped. Shut your fucking mouth, guys. Stop it. Just. Stop it for crying out loud. Guess what? If you're a dentist, I went to the dentist. I went to the dentist for a cavity. They gave me Novocaine. They started doing their thing. I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. They're like, what's up? I'm like, I can still feel that. They're like, oh, really? I'm like, yeah. They're like, let me give you some more Novocaine. It's like, all right. We wait. They go in. They're going for about 10 minutes. Then they hit a spot. I'm like, I, I, can, I can feel that. And they're like, do you want to get some more Novocaine? You know what I said? I go, how much time is left? Because I can probably deal with that pain depending on how much time's left. She said, eight to ten minutes. I go, let's let's go. I can do it. You think I'm gonna be able to pay less to the dentist because that of that? This is pain I'm feeling. No. Do you think I would want to? No. Is she having an off day? Maybe. Whatever. Whatever. Do you think I get paid less if I go have a bad set? No, I don't. Do you think an accountant, first of all, an accountant makes you or asks you to, hey, do you want protection against your taxes this year? Where if you get audited, I will cover it and I'll do the work for you? Or do you just want to roll the dice? And you're just like, every year I go, no, I'll buy that protection. Of, of course I will. I do not want to deal with an audit. But he's basically saying, like, hey, man, if I do some stuff that ain't great, you want to pay more money so that I will have to do the work? So I don't understand why in a tipping industry or a tipping world people just decide, yeah, I'm paying for that extra. No, you're not. Okay? We've all just decided. It used to be 15%. Then it was 18%. It's 20%. Okay? You want to tip 18? All right. Yeah. Fine. Be 18. That's totally fine. We all have different... To me, I'm a 20%er and I'm a roundupper. I'm a 20% roundup. If it's 48 bucks, if it's 46 bucks, that's probably an $8 tip. But if it's like 48, I go to the five, that's a $10 tip. If I sit at a counter anywhere and it, my bill's under $20, I still, no matter what, it's a $5 tip. I don't leave less than a $5 tip. Drinks, it used to be a dollar. $2, $3, depending on how many drinks I'm getting. If I buy a drink, I'm leaving a dollar tip. Every time I get a coffee, I leave a dollar tip. Anytime I'm getting food to go, it's a dollar tip. Now, if I'm picking up 
pizza, pasta, and everything for the family at a takeout. Like I go to a restaurant, we take it to go. I go in there, they leave a room for a tip. This is where it's a gray area for me. I leave 10%. Do I think that's too much? Probably, yeah. What, what do they do? But do I know that that money's going to them? Yes, because I used to do the same thing. 10%. I'm not 20%, you're out of your goddamn mind. And when they're the cafeteria-style restaurants... So there was one restaurant... Here's the deal with the cafeteria still restaurants. You know the ones you go, you pay, they give you a number, you go sit at your table. You're paying up front. So I would always tip because I always tip and then I would go. And there was this one place, it, I'm telling you, straight up rude. I'm like, oh, I think that's, no, I didn't order that. And she's like, oh, yeah, what did you order? And I'm like, I got the, like, it was like a mushroom, egg, uh, mushroom onion scramble at this place that was down the street called the Curious Palette. And they were like, whatever like they were something was wrong she was rude to me when i paid and then rude to me then and i went over to the manager and i go hey can i be straight up with you and she's like yeah i'm like i tip you before my service right so i pay and then i sit down do you know how bad i go my service wasn't bad i was treated badly and they were like oh my god i'm like i don't know why she is so rude why is she so rude I just called straight out, like, why? What am I going to do? Hide behind a no tip? Ask, I'm going, I don't want my tip back, but I'm going to start waiting to fill out my form if this is the way I'm going to be treated when I come here. And then I realized, you just don't need to go there, Jay. And I stopped going there. And then they closed down. I'm, am I saying it's because people weren't looking up for this kind of stuff? I don't know. All I know is when you go anywhere, whoever is in charge of the place, the face of the restaurant, the person in charge, the nicer they are, the better they set example, it trickles down to everybody else. This person was having a bad day. And I bet that person's not in the food service industry. What are we getting at here, Jay? Tip. Just tip. You know, look at your budget. Don't over tip because I'm an over tipper. Just tip. Um, I'm pretty sure that's it. That was a lot of time I just spent on tipping. But you know what? It's something that we all need to talk about. It's it's an issue in the world. Um, listen, I love you guys. I appreciate you listening. Uh, will you please email me at Holiday Bakery Productions or just send me a DM on Instagram or Facebook and just tell me what you'd like to talk about because I keep looking for things and I keep living my life so that I can come talk about stuff. But I want it to be interesting and I hope you're enjoying it because if you're at this point listening to me right now, you're definitely enjoying it. Otherwise, you wouldn't be listening. And if you like it, Share it with other people. If you have th- some things like, hey, you know what I hear on one podcast? That would be cool. You should do that. Tell me. What? Take phone calls? I'll take phone calls. Whatever. Let me know. I love you guys. Uh, thanks for listening. And um, I'll see you next week.